Dago Wab, Guinea, Garlic Bread, Pizza Slinging, Spaghetti Benin, Victor Moan, Perry Como, Luchado Pavarotti, Solo Meal, Non Singer, Motherfucker. You gold teeth, gold chain wearing, fried chicken and biscuit eating monkey, eating baboon, big diamond. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Trackless Podcast Show. I am your host, Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. And joining us on the show today, friend of the podcast, who is back again. This is number three, and I like to always tell folks I uh, am affiliated with with nothing and no one, <laughs> especially when it comes to the entertainment business. So thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, this was a good one to do. Um, we're doing the movie, 1989 Spike Lee film, Do the Right Thing. Yeah, I know it's a long time, man. Um, I'll read the synopsis on the hottest day of the year on the street in Bed-Stuy, section of Brooklyn. Um, everyone's hate and bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. Um, starring, there's way too many people for me to include. Yeah, there's so a lot of folks. I'll just say Spike Lee, Danny Aiello, John Turturro, Rosie Perez, Giancarlo Esposito, Samuel Jackson, Ozzie Davis, Martin Lawrence, Ruby D. I mean... There's so many more people in here. We'll talk people. about them all. A lot of legends. Directed by Spike Lee. Um, the budget for this was $6.5 million, um, And the box office, $26 million worldwide. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Worldwide, that's like, that, it's America. Nobody in China was watching this shit when it came out. <laughs> Like, come on, that's come on, <laughs> come on now. What you don't think they were watching yeah. this in Taiwan getting down? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, so just to give a little background on our uh, our lead up to our hundredth episode. Yeah, uh, this is part of our like collection of films that we thought would be really um, good and fun and important to cover. Um, it is, I, I missed it the first time I looked at the list, but it is on the AFI's top 100 list. Yes. I, I was surprised. It was a great movie. But it is the only black directed majority black actor film in that list. So I'm glad it's there, um, but there probably should be other ones. Um, yeah. But I'm glad we're doing this because, you know, it is like a, uh, the soundtrack particularly is very like, zeroed in on that time in American culture. Um, but the conversations that are had in this film are still happening today. So yeah, and this violence. the same type of violence is yep. still happening today. The same yeah. police brutality is still happening today. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. So there's no such thing as this doesn't age well, because unfortunately it aged pretty it, yeah, accurately. We, we, we wish it didn't age well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I don't know if we've talked about Spike Lee's production company called 40 Acres and a Mule. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention that. It's dope. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also the ratings of this film, IMDb, 8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it 92%. The audience give it 89%. So, <laughs> hmm. again, again, IMDb is always lower. Um, but I think it's, again, um, it's the second movie in a row we're doing where it's very much an appreciated film. Yeah. Uh, so that makes me happy. Still, it holds. It holds, man. I, I like 
you know, a lot of people, especially younger people listening to this, a lot of the your favorite actors who are in zombie movies and, and shit now were in this yeah. were in this movie. So, you know, it's it's something for everyone. I tell you what, I was trying to figure out like if he did this movie today with the actors as at their current price, the the budget for this movie would have gone from six million to probably about a hundred million. I mean, because everybody in this movie is just like legend, like just everybody. I mean, well, Martin, so some of them have passed away since. Yeah, um, that Danny Aiello, Robin um, Harris, Robin Harris. Robin Harris yeah. The bit players are essential to this movie. Like they really, they kind of, they they actually keep the movie going, you know, forward in a way. Because some of the the um, the dialogue, you could get just bogged down in it and just stay on, you know, a specific topic for far too long. Um, so having those, you know, little little breaks here and there, getting your sneaker stepped on, you know, getting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, explaining your, your rings and stuff, uh, uh, love and hate, like those things kind of, it helps the movie go along. And I mean, who doesn't have that group of older black men in their neighborhood, if you, you know, if you're part of the diaspora in their neighborhood who doesn't know everything that's going on, they know what the hell you know, you're thinking of what you've been doing. They know what your mama did, you know, 15 years ago. They're a little inebriated, but still make a little sense here and there. And you have to completely ignore their asses. Mm. Hey, hey, Mike, hey, guess what, Mike? We, we those old guys now. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold well, on. But- what, 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 what were you doing on Saturday? What, what, what did we do on Saturday night, Mike? No, no, that's okay. No, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we did it, a, you know, in a, in a more sophisticated way here. Um, okay. um, but yeah, so also, um, I noticed in the trivia, this is, Spike Lee wrote this shit in two weeks, by the way. Yeah. This is not the first time we've seen a movie where the script is written in two weeks. Fucking ridiculous. Also won a bunch of awards. Actually kind of surprised about that considering like, you know, the conversations about whitewashing in Hollywood and all that stuff, but actually won a bunch of awards for screenplay, for best play like, for film and uh direction and all in action and acting and all that stuff. So I mean, all around, I, I did want to profess this whole conversation by saying I was not looking forward to watching this movie. It's very mm-hmm. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but um it's very important. It's very important. Well, I mean, this is um when you go to film school, this is one of the films that's being taught. And as far, I mean, because it's a master class in filmmaking, absolutely. Cinematography, um, costuming design, uh, script writing. I mean, it, on all levels, like what he did, you know, on, on the backs of his credit cards was make, you know, a cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Which but that crazy. goes to, to the point that. Was he, yes, he is telling a story, but he's also just bringing to the forefront his own experiences, his own life. Like when it comes to costumes, I'm like, these motherfuckers are wearing the clothes that they, right. they would wear anyway. You know, cross colors, <laughs> Nikes. There, 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 was, there, was, there was no costume designer here. They just went real, to the they just, these motherfuckers <laughs> showed up. When it comes to some of the dialogue, I, he, I almost guarantee he took some words, some sentences, conversations, verbatim from shit that he heard around his neighborhood mm-hmm. and was able to put it together in a way 
that really kind of, you know, culminated in this film. Um, but really, he wrote it in, what, two weeks? That means it was, he had this ready to go. That's one of those, I got this locked and ready, and the only thing I need to do is figure out how to pay for this shit so we can get it uh, on film. And they blocked out, like, two blocks of, of Brooklyn yeah. for, that, for filming of this movie. Um, and they actually and included some of the some of the neighborhood people in the film. Yeah. Which was, you know, yeah. I guess that helps. <laughs> Where else are you going to be able to do that? Like, Brooklyn is one of the... Like few neighborhoods, uh, all black or well, predominantly black cast, director, no money is going to be able to blo- uh, shut down two blocks. You could try to do that shit in Manhattan. Try to do it in Harlem. People be <laughs> like, get the hell out of the way. What you talking about? They won't even let you do that in Queens. This is never going to happen. So where should we start? Where should we start? Let's get in. Let's dive in. Well, I mean, you can start with the fucking opening dance fucking number by Rosie Perez that goes on for yes. like two hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that shit brings the energy, man. Like, just the energy is there. Um, yeah. It, 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 does, it does intro with, like, so, like some score. So really, like, feels like classic film score. Mm-hmm. But then it jumps into, you know, fight the power, and she's just bugging out. Like, apparently that took, like, eight hours to film that shit. Well, I mean, and then I mean, and and you know, not to skip over the fact that they they introduced the movie with which which was what is considered the black anthem, "Lift Every Voice oh, and yeah. Sing," yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which I thought was perfect. Um, done, me, you know, no words, just trumpet. So let me tell you, having Rosie come on just reminds you. If you are of a certain age, like, <laughs> man, dancing in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, you had to fucking, like, your knees were getting shred to pieces. <laughs> She's stomping I, I her ass. I, I, I can't do anything like that right now. I will break some shit. Crack, crack. God <gasps> damn. She cracking backs around this <laughs> Elbows. Like, this shit hurt. Apparently, yeah. uh, apparently, like, Spike Lee was like throwing a party and she was there and like and he somebody there's diff- different versions but somebody started like a booty shaking competition and sh- she was there and she like got on top of a table or a speaker and started dancing and he like offered her the part off on the spot. Mookie, Mookie, Mookie. Can we <laughs> oh just get some other way? Mookie is terrible. He's yeah. he's horrible. He he is a fucking dead beat. And was that? Wasn't Spike like thirty years old? Like during? I don't. He, he looks young as hell to me, but but yeah. he delivering pieces. Mookie, how old is Mookie in this shit? Uh, I don't know what he's supposed to be, but listen, there's a bunch of other people in this film walking around doing jack shit. So actually, I think Mookie is elevated over there. <laughs> he he says multiple paid, times, though. "Get a job." He was getting yeah. paid two hundred and fifty dollars a week to deliver pizza. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood? Like, so you walk in what, two blocks? In your neighborhood. Like, you, what the fuck kind of delivery service? Get your ass up and go downstairs to get that pizza? Yeah. I mean, coming across, you you getting it delivered across the street. Come on. Come on, bro. Come on. (laughs) But uh, we actually opened the dialogue with our friend, your friend, everybody's friend, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. What's his character's name again? It's some DJ uh, something love. Yeah. Uh, no, Mr. Senor Love. Mr. Daddy. Senor Love. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is I don't know if he's Hispanic um, in this movie, but 
you know, you get your, you you get Sam Samuel Jackson. It's Samuel I mean, Jackson is like the through line of so many films, particularly you know Spike Lee films. He's in damn near all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, I love just the diaspora that you see in this in this film. The music that they have, you know, they got go-go, reggae, you know, obviously, uh, um, fight the power with, with uh, Public Enemy. They have soul music. I will say this. I will say this. The soundtrack did not age that well. There's some songs on here. I'm like, oh, damn, I forgot, I forgot that was on mm. I don't. I don't know if I caught... You talk, you talking about some inappropriate stuff in the songs or just oh no, just know. they are 80s. This oh, is yeah, yeah, an yeah. 80s uh, fucking song. God fuck. Yeah, this is strong with the 80s move. <laughs> Good lord. That, that that being said, you know, I mean there's some there's some songs like I didn't have on my playlist. I just added to my playlist today. Still pulse. I mean, I, I still pulse is my my one of my favorite reggae bands ever. No, no, some of the R and B stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, actually realize um, Teddy Riley was on. Like, did a few songs on it. Uh, yeah, like my. Favorites. Yeah, well, I, you also you also missed a bunch of this. Missed a bunch of the songs just because they're like in the background while yeah. Samuel Jackson is talking or some yeah. some yeah. actions going on. Um, so th- that's kind of sucked. So I had to listen to the soundtrack after the fact. Um. Oh, I got a pop quiz for you. Hmm. In Senior, God, I'm not gonna remember oh, his fucking name. Senior Love Daddy, whatever. <laughs> in his studio, there's a poster behind him. Who's on the poster? I have no idea. You just gonna throw? It was a poster behind him. Who was on the poster? You were. You wasn't paying attention. You clicked. You got. You not, you I I was paying attention. I'm trying to figure out if I can remember this. I don't know, Michael Jordan. No. Come on. It's, a, it's clearly a musician, bro. Uh, I don't know. Brosky. Well, it's the 80s. Um, it was Bob Marley. No. <laughs> I, I wish it was Bob Marley. Was it Stevie um, Wonder? It's so obscure. You know, it's, it's probably too obscure, but you would recognize it. Who is it? Keith Sweat. Oh, that's right. Ah. Yeah. Keith Sweat is on the poster. Yeah, with his... Ah. That's my job is to is to is to stump y'all motherfuckers. That's my job. Yeah. You don't stump me because I, I remember I watched this film. I remember the first time I saw this film. I was really I was young as hell. Um, so I didn't really get what was going on. Then I watched it again when I was, you know, a teenager, and I thought, oh, this is some, you know, this is neighborhood shit. Just this is just a movie about a neighborhood. Mm. Then I became a, a older teenager, young adult. I was like, "Oh, all right. This is this is about black power." Just missing a lot of things that were going on in in the film. Mm. And now looking back, I'm like, "This film has like it's it's speaking to a lot of things in one That's to housing to to uh, um, police." There's brutality. a lot of themes. It's like I mean. A- e- even simple stuff. You talked about some of those like side plots that were happening. For example, mm-hmm. like um, when the guy steps on bugging out shoes. Mm-hmm. This is white guy wearing a Larry Bird jersey. That's right. Yeah. Bump, bumps into fucking bugging out, steps on his shoes. So we're talking about like this kind of white privilege conversation that we have now. Uh, and then he, then this well, talk about gentrification. Yeah. About like the white people coming into black neighborhoods, In but then like also. Be, 
Wow. But then also stereotypes, because he's like, I was born in, in Bed-Stuy, I was born in Brooklyn, right? So like, right off the bat in that one scene, you have a bunch of different themes and conversations yeah. happening. And I do, I have a question and I, I don't, I didn't look this up or anything, but so Sal's Pizzeria was supposedly has been there for 20 plus years, right? Mm. 20 something, 20 some years. I'm trying to figure out, are they saying like the neighborhood switched from Italian to black and then was switching or mixing now with black and Hispanic well, and then white were people were coming back? But they were saying that uh, even the son was saying like they like we should go back to our neighborhood. So they don't even live there. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't live. But, there. but in their neighborhood, there's plenty of pizza places. So it was like it was a business decision to go somewhere to where, go somewhere where, where there was, was high, right? Yeah. So I think yeah, they're they're like some of the few Italians in the place, and the, and the icy guy. Yeah, like yeah. Guy the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a black neighborhood. Well, I know it's a black neighborhood now. I'm just trying to figure out this Allen and move did like did he. Open that business in a black neighborhood. Mm. I think I think so. Yeah, because okay. yeah. I think that was happening a lot um, in like Brooklyn and in parts of Jersey as well, where like yeah. businesses would just last through like whatever changes the neighborhood was going through and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a more important uh, issue that we need to talk about uh, uh, in our latest segment of. So hold up. <laughs> Um, right off the bat, I'm looking at Mookie. We yeah. got a New Yorker walking around in a Chicago Bulls and an yeah. LA Dodgers jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, is, is he doing that on, is he trying, because obviously Spike is a, a famous New York Knicks, <laughs> New York Knicks guy. So is he doing that on purpose? Like I'm, and I'm trying to figure out. Well, why would he? Yeah. Why would? Because Michael Jordan wasn't even Michael Jordan to the yeah. Michael Jordan level in '89 yet. He was this the cool one. This is probably before he busted our asses a bunch of times, and then I, I hope after that he didn't wear that fucking jersey again. Yeah, that that, that one's kind of threw. I'm like, what is it? What is this? Why? Why is this? I mean, I, I guess you can make an argument for for the Dodgers because they used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers, but still. Well, still. the commercial that him and Michael did actually aired first time in 88. So. Oh, so there you go. OK, so Nike okay. had their, had their fingers so, in this one. So he was, okay. he was just like he was just swinging on that, that sack. Oh, like? my goodness. That, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's that was <laughs> also another another story, one of those side stories that that now looking at it, it I see it through a completely different prism is when uh what's his name? The older guy saves the kid's life uh from, from getting ran over and then in the process afterwards gets cussed the fuck out yeah. by the kid's mom. That is such a black after move. saving his life. <laughs> Well, there, 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 there's other stuff yeah, about that character, the, the major, um, that we can definitely talk about. Yeah, um, he's a fucking creep. He not, he's not a no. See, uh, you're, you're, you're you're part of the problem, Mike. You're part of the problem. He's yeah. a pariah. He's a pariah. But but it, but let's just want to get into. Like, wait, wait. Uh, he's a pariah. <laughs> he's a pariah. But like just getting into oh, the, the early 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 stages of the film. It actually jumps around a bunch. And we did a movie recently, Darren, where it, it does that. It's really disjointed. 
this doesn't feel disjointed because we're just like taking a tour of the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, like you right. There's ways you can do that in situations where you use that kind of style where it works. Yeah. It works very well here. You're seeing everybody, you're meeting all these different characters, all different people from the hood and yeah. all that stuff. And like, and then you're like, okay, let's go. Like we're ready to get into the story. And then we jump into Sal's for the first scene. I'm still trying to figure um, out how, how the mayor, um, he, he didn't make any money. He didn't have, he didn't work, but he had an apartment. A bro- in the brownstone in Brooklyn. Get the fuck out yeah, of that, that that had to be one of those. This this is left over from my mama and them. Yeah, uh, they I guess got so. this. My my grandma and them. They had this forever, and I ain't selling. Yeah. But we know now he has sold that place, and he lives in Florida. Uh, if he's still alive. <laughs> uh, but I, I was I was I was getting. I don't know if it's like triggered or flashbacks when uh because this whole thing is based in the summer and like. No, the hottest People just day. don't seem don't seem to have like air conditioners and the fans are bust up, and actually my AC broke down this summer, so I it's it's pretty present with me right now. Yeah, that's disgusting. Everybody's yep. sweaty in this damn movie. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even even the scene later with Mookie and uh, Tina and like he's like you sweating. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking sweating. <laughs> but I do remember the uh, the fire hydrants being bust open in the streets in the city in the summertime, man. Yeah, so I was like, oh yeah. Still happens uptown, baby. Yeah, I need. Yeah, I, I, I I needed that when my shit broke. I needed the fucking. Well, yeah, next summer you can do that. There you go. Now let's yeah, talk. Let's talk about shit. like is. Let's just talk about sap the situation with the pizza shop, mm-hmm. and having no black people or brothers, on the walls. Now you are in a predominantly black neighborhood, but you are an Italian. If I open a soul food restaurant or a restaurant and I'm a black owner in a white neighborhood because I just say, hey, these white folks going to eat this food, I'm going to have black people up too. Like, I'm going to have just black people. I'm not putting white people up on my wall. Yeah, I I was not. I was I was not on the side of uh, bugging out on this particular issue. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to. No black brother wants to sit there and look at Vic Damone on the wall while he's having a pizza. But that's that's that man's joint. That's he can do whatever. Yeah. yeah, no, he could do whatever he wants. I mean, that's his spot. Yeah. But um, and we frequent. You still buy the pizza that? Yeah. Now he did try to get a, a you know a boycott, but this motherfucker. People have been eating this man's pizza for twenty some years here. Yeah, he's just like I, these kids were raised on my food. Like you know, he, he yes, yeah, Sal's Sal's character is like a little. It's it's. I don't know if I say it's complex. It's just like. Yes, he has racist tendencies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he like overblown racist? I don't think so. No, I, I say he's, he's a bigot. He's a bigot. bigot. Yeah, yeah. His son is a yeah. racist. Yeah. His yeah. son, His is, son just, is absolutely just yeah. absolutely a racist, and that ass would have been whipped. Yeah, that a long time ago. Mm. Like it wouldn't. He wouldn't. Have, nah, you getting your ass whooped a few times. Like you definitely ain't coming back to work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I I actually like really love John Turturro. Yeah, this movie he's a good maybe actor. Is not like him. But he, I mean, I, that must have been a hard role for him to have to walk through Brooklyn afterward. You know? Oh, afterwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what up, motherfucker? What you say in yeah, that movie? Yo. <laughs> it's a character. It's a character. But dude, we were having this conversation about like the you know roles. If I was an actor, roles, I'd be like, I'm not doing this role and like 
this is one of them. We talked about like Edward Norton in uh, American History X. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm DiCaprio in uh, Django. Yeah, I mean, like, no, mm-mm. I mean, from Ryan the- Gosling and Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I think I have a, 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 a new segment. This is the inaugural segment uh, of. Um, here we go. Say what? Because wasn't that the last one? What was the no, last? No, that's one? So, so. Hold up. That's that's okay. So wrong. hold up. Say and, what? They have the same. Um, you know. I, 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 have to work on the I read this thing. Uh, in the, in, yeah. Let's, nah, let's say shop what? Yeah. Let's shop that. Let's shop that. Uh, how, how about a new segment of "Kiss My Ass"? How about that? See, one? But that's uh, an old segment. That's yeah. a that segment has been running for a long time. You use that one all the wow. time, man. Regular conversation. We are we are slow rolling into this segment here. Um, <laughs> so apparently, in the, I read in the trivia, all the scenes of the guys on the corner were ad libbed. Yeah, yeah. With Robert Towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, what? That, that seems. Martin and the yeah that seems that seems yeah. about there's some there's some like deep conversations ha- happening in that impro- improvised fucking I'm t- those <laughs> were they were just having those conversations that was yeah. not acting he was like motherfuckers yeah. just act like you normally would and I'm a, I'm a film it like that's what we're gonna do here and 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 uh, side note to sweet Dick Willie oh <laughs> that, call me that sweet is Dick Willie. That's, that's a character, folks. Name. I'm not just I'm not just throwing random words out there. That's a character in this film. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish there was more, more of him. You wish there was more sweet dick? Yeah, I you wanna, need I some more sweet hey, dick. Oh man. Robin okay. Harris is funny as hell. So wait, wait. Robin Harris is, is is uh Bebe's kids, right? He's he's Robin Harris. Oh my god, I used to love that movie. He was um, so funny. So um, can, can we go back to something? Because this is the movie has so many scenes that just have they're just ripe with like nuance and who because people tend to want to pick a side, uh-huh. you know, and, yeah. and we tend to want to say, oh, I'm with this person, I'm with this person, really just ignoring some of the well, are you with this all the way as this person is saying this? The one scene with the mom again, uh, um, the mayor saving saving her child, and he getting cussed out. In one sense, you're like, man, he just saved your child. But in another, the mom didn't see what was going on. She just knows a man has put his hands on her child, and people are people aren't giving her the right the straight answer either. Mm-hmm. And so, when I said when I first saw this. I really just was like, she's fucking wrong. Like, she's totally wrong. But now as a, you know, I got to say it, as a parent, um, seeing that and coming on to a scene, I can imagine me just like attacking his ass. Like, I don't know what's, I just know my child is crying and you are the reason they're crying. And no one's really telling me what the fuck happened. So, you know, I I have to come at, at you. I think that was kind of a microcosm of the whole movie, right? It was a whole, like, kind of like almost only having part of the conversation mm-hmm. to go by or not and ha- not having the um, the wherewithal to kind of ask questions that, mm-hmm. you know before you jumped into something That's and, right. yeah. and and this whole conversation about like just people having different life experiences right mm-hmm. just in general and and the major the, the major is a prime culprit of that not a culprit, a victim of that. 
but yeah, people having different life experiences and not understanding each other. This, like you said, is a microcosm because like yep. she didn't experience what happened and she comes into it and, you know, assumes, um, you know, it's a great scene. And like, that's, you, you guys just shat on the shit on the major, but he's like my favorite character. In this film. But why, why is he your favorite character? Dude, he's, he's the creep. poster boy. He's, he's the poster boy for like tolerance in this film. Yeah. I he gets like people too. attack him. He, he just kind of brushed them off. He, he, he does it with a smile. The, the um, sister, mother, like just shits on him. He's like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to be nice. Like he gets her flowers. Like to me, and, yeah. and for me, for me in this film, like, right. The whole, the whole uh, movie, we have Smiley walk around with a picture of MLK and, and Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. He is the MLK to me in this Nah, see, that's what we. I'm, I'm a. Dis- he's he's he, he always he's always trying to stop people from fighting. Like at the very end, he's trying to like protect people, and and then you have the other guy uh, bugging out. To me, he's Malcolm X. Nah, <laughs> he's, nah, he's yes. too. He's not. He's not. He's too much. Enough. He's too much. He's not thoughtful enough to be to be Malcolm or to represent Malcolm. And then the mayor is too. He's too much of a wet noodle. He's. He's too passive. He's almost but, like the passive ass black man who's getting along. Nobody, I don't want to start in trouble now. I don't want to start also, in trouble. But, but also, I think what I, I mean, this is just me projecting, but I think what Spike Lee's trying to do is also like we're talking about stereotypes and like people's vis- views of other people. Like it's him putting these like almost caricatures of these people mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah. I think they really are supposed to be MLK and Malcolm X, but like from like almost like you know, Malcolm X was seen as super violent and like aggressive. Like that's from the white perspective, right? I think, mm-hmm. and, and maybe MLK was seen as, seen as soft, right? Like I think it really is him a commentary from Spike Lee on like not just these people and their views, but how people saw them. Yeah, uh, they think, were perceived. Yeah. I think that's the best part of this movie is is that I think the way the way he pres- he presented yeah. it to us. You can have a com- you can have several conversations and see it from different ways and different. Everyone's going to have a different view of how things are seen in this movie. Um, and I, 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 for me, I see the majors or the mayor as kind of like the third party that has nothing to lose or gain from 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 either from being on either side. So he settles in the middle and tries to kind of be his voice of reason that people don't necessarily see until it's too late. Yeah. And is that voice a reason being in the middle? Is that a, it's a net cause you're going to get it from both sides. Right. You're going to get it from both. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to get demonized and you're going to get disrespected. If you don't say, hold on, this is where I stand. This is, this is what I'm up to. I'm not, I'm not trying to get along with everyone to get on. I'm not trying to, oh, keep the peace. Nope, this is what I believe in. And if this is what I believe in, then you're not going to push me around. You're not going to tell me that, you know, you're not going to disrespect me to my face and not even recognize what I have to say. And then from the other perspective, if you're too aggressive, Mm -hmm. if you're too, like, just you seem out of control, you're going to get treated the same way. You know, you're, you're just not listened to. You're too, like, why would I listen to you? You don't, you have no control over this situation. And you have to get, you know, uh, a, a external presence to come with you. And that just adds to the fire and you still get nothing done. 
Yeah, and I, th I think like again, right? You're talking about people that you know these two kind of extreme sides of everything, um, and, and things aren't you know that black and white, right? We're, we have Not this conversation now right. with Israel Palestine, right? And and this is just this is a perfect example, right? This movie is exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I think like, but some of the things are kind of black and white because the characters see them that way. So we have that conversation between Mookie and uh, uh, Pino. When they, when, when oh, Mookie's yeah. like, Mookie's like, who's your favorite basketball? Who's your favorite athlete? Who's your favorite actor? Who's your favorite musician? And right, uh, it's like all black people, Mike mm -hmm. Magic Johnson, Eddie Murphy and uh, Prince. But meanwhile, this guy just can't stand black people. Mm -hmm. But like, that's another thing, right? The, the influence of black culture in today, you know, is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. but we still have people that like, yeah. don't accept that that still hate people i mean again yeah. it's just like it's crazy it's, it's the entire sal's restaurant right his pizzeria it is there yes seemingly to give but it's really taking from black folks right it's it's like give me your money come in i'm still gonna be white as fuck or italian as hell um italian american by the way italian as hell um, and you know, this, what wasn't the building, someone said something about the building was there, was vacant for a while. Yeah. Uh, and he came in, well, why were you able to come into this neighborhood and buy this when a black person who lives here weren't, wasn't able to actually buy this, this, but then uh, there's lot. another, there's another conversation with the three guys on the corner, right? Like they actually say to each other, like, like, what are you doing? What have you done? Right. These yeah. are guys that have yeah. been in the neighborhood that don't seem to do anything. And maybe they could have been the ones that would take over that space, right. but they're, they actually sit there like complaining instead. Right. And so that's a conversation that's that, still being had in the black community. Right. Right. They're, they're, those are those other, uh, that, that's the other conversation, which is like, you know, using black as an excuse, you know, don't use that. Mm -hmm. They say that in the film, like don't use it as an excuse, like it's cause we're black. Right. And so, and then the other side of that, I mean, Morgan Freeman is very much on that side. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other side of it, where it's like, you know what? Yeah. There are barriers in this society to, people of color in general also like being successful yeah. but like where's that medium where's that balance did you just say morgan freeman motherfucker <laughs> yeah that that motherfucker that motherfucker said some shit about like more oh no morgan freeman wasn't in this movie motherfucker no i'm talking about conversation people black people having those conversations oh okay i was like he came in at yeah the no end. i i'm not i'm not that i'm not that racist I don't god damn <laughs> he was in the after credits but that, yeah, but that but, yeah, that's morgan freeman but also that, that that conversation between Mookie and Pino is like to what yes. you were saying is one of the scenes where I was like, oh shit, that was definitely a conversation Spike had like, yes. in real life. And he oh, was no doubt about it. I was like, oh shit. I think in the 80s, yeah. there were a lot of those conversations being had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Mike's probably right. He he probably had a notebook. He's like, let me just write. That I remember this shit. He probably went out with those with that conversation in mind went to a place that is Sal's place in his neighborhood and asked that very question. And it was like, give me your answer, motherfucker. And just the hypocrisy of that, like, you literally named all black people, but you can't stand black people. And it, you know, it's all, it's, it's back to that shucking and, and jiving and, shit. And that, and that whole thing about like, well, they're not really black because they're successful. Like, what right. is that? What do you mean? They're, they're better than <laughs> before black. they became successful. They had the same experience as every other fucking black person in the world. Like, you know, like, do you, anyway. Oh, and, and do you remember when they were going to, so this was, I'm going to skip forward a little bit here. I mean, shit, we ain't been following the timeline. Here. Um, and <laughs> when, when the restaurant is better and they're going over 
to the Chinese guys. Uh, 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 Korea. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, hey, hey. I apologize. <laughs> you heard that? You heard that? I apologize. I apologize. But when the Korean guy was like, no, I'm black too. <laughs> Yeah. I'm black. I'm black. What you doing? Like, but 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 I think the key thing there was it, it's not I'm black. It was more like we're the same. And we're the like, same. We're, exactly. We, we, and it's he's it's true. And I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't. And he didn't write it, so they fucking fucked up their place too. Because then like, but that but that also speaks to like you know, in the reality of pitting minorities against each other, mm-hmm. and then the, and just watching everything happen. The people in power just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. So I think that was also part of the conversation there. No, I, I agree with you. It was one of those, looking at it now, it was one of those moments when I was still like, come on, don't fuck your shit up, man. He's, he's telling you, and they don't. So I, it, yeah. it was one of those moments when I'm like, that's what, and I'm going to just get real from my perspective right now. That's what black people fucking want. We want you are a minority in this country just like us. Why do you think you're going to get anywhere by trying to be or having white thought like it's it's you are a minority we are no we are not the same but we are here trying to just do right by our people by our communities so you don't we we don't have to like fight over resources there's enough shit out there right so when you see me getting some shit don't get jealous or say oh it's because you're a special one or oh you must do something like you. What do you do? You must be this creative person. It's no, I did this because I work hard and I will treat you with the same respect, even if we're not, you know, from the same uh, uh, community. Hmm. This actually like popped in my head because, you know, in this film, the business owners are Italian, American, and Korean. Hmm. We don't really see a business owner. We don't see a business owner that's black. We have Mookie, who's working for the Italian, hmm. uh, the, for Sal, and then we have like, there's very few people working in this film too. Like his yeah. sister, I think she works. Yeah, I think so. But they don't say what. And then you have the DJ Samuel Jackson's character who's working, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody so else is, what is kind what of is just hanging out, rolling around. So what is the commentary there? Well, I mean, one thing, it's during the day, so the motherfuckers who work ain't there. They at work. That that's that's another thing I want to get to. That's why the crowd got so big at the end because people getting off work. Nobody knows what's going on, but they're hearing all of these things and they just know, uh oh, we got to come together and burn some shit up. We got to fuck some shit up. What I do like, and just go with me on this, they didn't fuck black shit up. They did focus on Sal's restaurant. Yeah. They didn't go to some to black homes. And they were like, no, we're going to fuck up this one Italian spot who's giving us problems right now, even though, you know, the motherfucker's been in business. But you you started some shit. We're not gonna fuck up everybody else. Yeah, they're focused. They were focused. <laughs> That's all I want from rioters. Yeah. Don't come to the. Don't go to the hood and do it, baby. I know we do it where you know where we closest and we don't have to travel that much. But go downtown and fuck that shit up. Yeah, don't shit where you eat. You know. So. Um. Well, people were shitting where I eat after when there was. Excuse me. I, wait, you got to see. People, people, you people are missing. <laughs> like you gotta add more context before you say yeah, some of the things we've been saying. I was I wasn't done with my sentence. You know the protests last, <laughs> not even last summer. Back you know during twenty twenty, I fucking black. I'm I'm in the center of Manhattan. Yeah, don't yeah. come here either. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 um, 
but I, it got to the point where I couldn't really like, I, I just, this is where it, most of this is relatively entertaining, right? Like there are, it's, there is a humoristic side to this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But then you get to the point where they just, they're doing that montage of black people being racist, everyone being racist yeah. and saying, using all these slurs and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I get dragged down. And that's part mm-hmm. of the reason I, it's so hard to watch this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never. And they go. They 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 do Korean. They do. I'm sure they just said some general Asian shit. They do Jewish. They do yeah. black, Hispanic, white, right? So it's. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few <sighs> white people thrown around the N word, like it was, like mm-hmm. let's get it in while we can. Like like, uh, like, <laughs> like they're Quentin Tarantino. Um, can we? Been, they, huh? I just want to tell everyone. Look, man. Look. You don't have to use the N word to get a point across as a as a director anymore. Like as a white as a non-black actor, you just say no to that. Just say no. I'm not gonna say the N word. I'm just. I don't need to see white people saying the N word anymore. We get it. We know plenty of people say it. Uh, we don't have to though. Say something else. Give me something else. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did have another question for you. Mm. Why is, is this another out? segment? Why? No, no. This is just a general <laughs> general question for y'all. Oh, okay. Why is bugging out walking around with Everlast ankle weights on? I don't know. Cause he, but no, I do know. I do know. He's the dude in the hood who still thinks he's going to go to the league. He still thinks he's going to go to the league. Oh, yeah, maybe. Sorry <laughs> as hell. He like, see, the only thing I got to do now since I'm short but if I could get up there and just dunk, like somebody gonna see me, I'm gonna go to the league. Like, bro, you are you're not no, league, you're no. not. So he's always training. Okay. And there's no WNBA, so you can't go there either. So there's that. No, because <laughs> you put your ass busting WNBA. <laughs> they got handles. <clears throat> Shit, they dunking. Oh, the yeah. But I did like um, I think the conversation I really liked was between bugging out and uh Mookie's sister, Jade. Uh, right? So, so, what, bugging out, yeah, bugging out's trying to organize the boycott of Sal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she comes like kind of from the other side, like, you know, you could be using your, you know, this energy and your abilities for something, you know, greater and, you know, than just, you know, protesting someone's pizza because they didn't, you know, know, they didn't do what you liked or put up some pictures. Um, and that was for me like this kind of thing. We st- we're still again something else we're still talking about, which is civil discourse, like the lack of civil discourse. Right? Yeah. They were able to have this conversation at the end of it. He says like I still love you, and like they go their separate ways. Like they're not yelling at each other. It's just this very calm conversation with different differing ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and today we're just like everyone's just yelling at each other. You cannot. It's just not possible to yeah. have these yeah. conversations. So, you know, that's 1989 again. I, I kind of wonder what this movie is like. If social media existed at that moment in time, like what this kind of—I, I, well, that's a good question. This movie in itself is like the the second title of it would essentially be take a step back. Mm. Just take a fucking step back. Just hold on, take a step back, because everyone has a viewpoint. Some viewpoint. Look, the racist shit is wrong. Period. Just. Complete stop, full stop, right. it's wrong. Many of the other conversations in this though, it's like, all right, let's take a step back. Let's really think about this. And let's let's try and figure out, not even a common ground, but 
the thing that I think we we really lack now, and this movie shows, you know, that we've always kind of lacked, is the concept of grace and empathy. Like people just, when you get on that, this is my thing. Like that is the right thing. That's the righteous thing. And I'd be damned if you're gonna stop me from saying or doing it in the way that I want to do it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, this was. I mean, I don't even know if there's a movie that really kind of covered all of this, these topics um, prior to 1989. I mean, for especially when it comes to the black community, I mean, this was. Um, this could have been like he could have gone and approached this from an angry black man's standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, we have God knows we don't have we have plenty of reason to be angry, right? But I liked what he did was was just kind of presented people with intelligent um, looks at a lot of different to topics that even though it looks like it's just uh, aimed at black people this is more is a he made it clear that it's a bigger it, like it this is not just one color um issue and if we don't all kind of take a step back and kind of um examine some of these subjects ain't none of us going to escape you mm. know and um i mean <clears throat> I, I don't know like i i really wish i had been on a fly on the wall when he when he um, started writing this. Yeah. I th Honestly, I think he probably had one or two things in mind and just that lived experience. You see all this other stuff that he may not have even like thought of it in the way that we may be thinking of it now. It's one of those, it's like a, it's, when we say masterpiece, when you see a, a physical masterpiece from a great artist, right? It's really, you're going to take it however you see it. Right. You're going to get things from it that, you know, really resonate with you that the artist may not have even known that they were putting into this or that it was going to resonate in this way with, with groups and with individuals. Um, and I think that's the beauty of a really, really good film is it's making a point, but that point is also not the end-all, be-all of the film. You can gather other things from... Uh, the film just in the way that it is uh, in the way that it's produced and in the acting and in the uh, the writing. Yeah, you get to take whatever you take from it. And um, yeah. yeah. Now, the music part of this. All right. 1989. <laughs> Fuck Elvis. <laughs> that, is good. that is one of my favorite lines. Of all time, Elvis was what, what? How does it go? Elvis was a hero to some, but he ain't mean shit to me, or he wasn't shit to me. <laughs> he was essentially what did he say? He was he was lame and and boring. Yeah, I love that shit. Come on back, come on back. I love that that fucking line in that uh in uh excuse me and um uh damn I can't even remember the name of the fucking song now. Help me. Uh, are you talking about the main song? Yes, fool. What other oh, song? Fight, 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 fight the fight. fight the, the I mean, there's, there's other songs in the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. When I mm, yeah, there are other songs in the band. Uh, 
this was definitely songs that are better. Um, yeah, I mean, music side of it, like, you know, we kind of brought, um, came across or mentioned earlier is just like, yeah, I mean, a lot of dated kind of stuff. Definitely sounds very 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely 80s hip hop or fight the power. Definitely some very 80s, early 90s R&B stuff. But yeah. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's bad. It is no. very dated. Very dated. Which is funny because the movie still resonates. But eh, the soundtrack. And boom, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what doesn't resonate. I, I tell you what doesn't resonate is uh, that intimate scene between Tina and Mookie. I, uh, I don't need. I yo, don't need that. No, I didn't. Yeah. Need, I didn't need, uh, Let me tell you something. <laughs> I tried that ice shit before, and the boy was like, "This shit is what is wrong with you." <laughs> well, also, do you notice? You notice when he's doing it, it, feels like he's like trying to clean something. Yeah, it's like, what are you <laughs> doing? Like, really clicking back and forth. That's I don't give a damn how bad it is. I don't give a fuck. Does Spike Lee have children? Because I don't know how. Yes. yes after watching yes. this, like he has children. Yeah. Woo! I tried it. And it, they, it didn't go over well. Was like, yeah, what the fuck? That, there's a lesson there. Don't take sex lessons from Spike Lee. From fucking Spike Lee. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, but as I was watching this, getting away from that horrible awfulness, um, <laughs> I, I was just I was just trying to like put together like this um, like this kind of looking at Sal is kind of like the barometer for like, he's, well, he, he gets first billing. Danny Ayo has actually got first billing in this movie, but like using him as like the, the barometer for like what's happening in the neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been around for 20 years. He like, he seems to like connect with these kids who he said is, have been raised on his food. Um, but then you get these like this ebb and flow as the movie goes on and like these little hints of things. So like when bugging out comes on, comes in he's the one that's like instigating right it's not really sal that's mm-hmm. at least at least again this might be speed the way that um spike lee wrote it which is like okay we're kind of getting from his perspective maybe that's how he's seeing bugging out mm-hmm. <laughs> uh being this instigator and like being angry and kind of just messing up stuff and then radio raheem comes in later with his loud music um so it's not like sal is going out and starting shit with these people you know in this you know the way the story is written um, but then you do see in that scene, he's like, no music, no rap, specifically no music, no music, right? So then you get a hint of what his problem really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he even has that conversation with his son, Pino, you know, talking about how they've been here all their lives, kids being raised on the food, you know, they've never, they've never given me any problems. And Pino is just like, Pino is almost, it's almost like a conversation with himself. I, I saw that scene as mm. like he is battling, you know, the side that's trying to be tolerant versus the side, his essentially racist or bigoted tendencies mm-hmm. uh, and that's then that's what pino represents to me in this film and then mm-hmm. his other son is just like everybody's cool i love like <laughs> right those are his like the bad his other son is just blah yeah yeah he's just kind of there but you know he's not he's, and he's, he's, he's it also fine shows that racism can be generational to a certain degree mm-hmm. and that but you get to but it also gets watered down as you get further from the the line and um you know, so this young, and I, I would imagine there are kids right now who are going through the same thing as him, where the his their grandparents or parents were, you know, pretty racist, and they're like, you know, 24, 25 years old, exposed to a more enlightened way of life, more exposed to more people, have to battle this 
conundrum that is them loving their parents and not wanting to repeat the sins of the past. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I have several friends. In fact, Mike, I think uh, our friend that works at a bar, you know, she's from Mississippi and she talks about some of her family where she's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. they're yeah. my family. So I have to like <laughs> be yeah. around them. But like we have conversations sometimes that are, don't align with my belief system. So yeah. And you know what I say to that? People. You know what I say to that? Fuck them. Like if you, if your family keeps you in a, a state of, I got a total line, fuck you then. Like, nah, is it like, fuck you. Tell your family to fuck off and move on. Like, I'm sorry. I, I have no, like that, Sal and them, I was like, when I first, now this is true. When I first saw this movie, I, in my head, I didn't curse at the time. Uh, but in my head, I was essentially like, fuck Sal. Who is he? You know, like, I ain't letting no, and I grew up in Florida, racist as shit around me. And it was like, I don't give a fuck that you're giving food out. I don't give a fuck that you say you fed these kids. First of all, motherfucker, grew up on your pizza. We shouldn't be growing up on fucking pizza. That's first and foremost. Uh, I, I, second, I, I love pizza. pizza. I understand that. I understand that. Second, you know, there, there's too many, there's countless stories of, you know, the polite white person or the polite non-bigoted person who they give you food. They make sure, you know, they're not racist. They're not saying the N-word. They don't go out. They're not hanging you from a tree. And then, you know, they're voting for the motherfuckers who will do that. Or they, you know, they talk about you behind your back. Or they tell you to turn your fucking rap music down while you're playing it. Although, let me, I, I, let me say this. Radio Raheem, turn the fucking music down, my man. It's too fucking loud. And can you give I don't want to hear your shit. It's the, other and shit it's the same too. fucking song. <laughs> I mean, he God plays damn. the same music all the time. Come on, brother. You got to come and, on, man. And you see... Yeah, but so you know, you're 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 talking from kind of, I mean, all these different layers from this movie. You're talking from different perspectives, different like people, life experience, and then but then you see as we're going along with Sal, he says stuff like, "If you keep it up, you're gonna end up on the streets with the rest of your homeboy." Right? That's a that's the polite mm -hmm. white guy way of, of yeah. being bigoted or racist. Mm -hmm. Right? You, you clearly have these stereotypes in your head, like. He's lazy, like that's the whole thing, right? Like exactly. He's lazy, and I and gave you this. I gave you this opportunity. Yeah. Like that's what it for Sal. It's like you're not doing anything for people. You open a business because it's in a neighborhood that doesn't have all the fucking pizza joints, like in your Italian neighborhood. The, the point is, the point is for you to make money and make a living. Yeah. So don't don't come like you're doing something special or like. You actually here to feed these children? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. And then he says, like, refers to Mookie as the son, which is like he's he's overcompensating for like his the way he thinks. And then we just get back right get to the kind of the pinnacle of this film, the peak of this film, which is like um Radio Raheem comes in with the loud music, with mm -hmm. bugging out, they're starting their boycott. He then Sal says, turn that jungle music off. You know, there you go. Then then he uses the N-word. It's like there, there it is. You right? go. And so and there then you that just go. sets off the, the whole the culmination of the whole final scene, which is also very fucking hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Yeah. The 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 I yeah, I almost did not watch that the the last scene just because 
Well, it's not even the last scene, but I almost didn't watch like that part because it was just, I'm tired of seeing that shit. Like, I, other people need to watch it. It's like when we talk about uh, uh, slave movies now. Yeah, sure. Uh, I know people got to make them. I don't need to see the shit anymore. I I got it. I got, the I got point. it. Uh, yeah, I got the point. So that's and, just, and this, yeah. And, and this this very much hit clo- very close to home because, you know, Eric Garner wasn't that Eric fucking Garner, long. Was that the same fight? George it's, Floyd. It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just too. Well, I mean, as far as the the choking part, the choking, yeah. the choke out, yeah. So, and then to lay him there, and he's just on the gr- like he's on the ground, just like a slab, right? Right. So that that's another thing, like just, just the you know having no and, and, humanity, and and also the way that Spike Lee kind of shot this, which is you know you get the the shot of his feet off the ground shaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of kind of replicating you know, lynching right. Um, mm-hmm. that's it's, right it's, it's it's just really it's really a really harsh scene but you know it's, it's reality yeah <laughs> yeah so some people do need to see this i probably will not watch this movie again in the near future <laughs> well people definitely need to see this is a great film people definitely need to see it they need to see all of the you know little bits here that make you uncomfortable and make you say fuck you to a lot of a lot of different things, but it is necessary. But again, oof, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Including, you know, after the scene, uh, when they when they put Raheem in the car, yep. when they put Radio Raheem in the in the cruiser and drive away, there's more commentary here on colonialism and imperialism, right? The, the white people come in, they Clean the give room. you their government and their religion, they yeah. force it on you, and then they leave, and then leave everything in chaos, yeah, right? So, consequences, yeah. Yeah. So you have that too, and then the Korean guy you, you mentioned earlier who's trying to fight everybody off, right? Like yeah. for a moment they unite. Even the Korean guy hits the back of the cruiser as it drives away, mm-hmm. but then everyone kind of starts turning on each other as well, right? And that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about, yeah. which is yeah, pitting minorities against each other and, and reaping benefits. So. Now I got a question. I got a question. Rosie Perez character. Do you think uh uh just go with me here? That's the same character from uh, White Man Can't Jump, and she just found uh, she, she just moved. found she him moved. after that, and she just put it behind her. She's like, "I gotta leave Brooklyn. I gotta go to the other movie. Hold on." Well, but she she doesn't have she doesn't have a kid in White Man Can't Jump, right? So she may left him in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. With Mookie, I've been taking care of this baby. It's your turn. Okay, I got there dancing to go. do. I got some dancing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, but I, I actually wanted to ask you guys because we have. Well, I don't know if I have a question about Pino. Like he's just that. I feel like his. Whoa, 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 whoa! What? Oh, Pino, oh, the character. Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> so he's kind of this representation, like I guess the you know what Darren used early generational racism. I feel like he's the representation mm-hmm. of that. You know, no matter he's 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 younger than his father. His father isn't as racist as he is openly. Mm-hmm. Um, Open, yeah. And then you have, um, and then you have Smiley. He kind of, I don't know. That, that's more of a question, right? Is he? Yeah. He's kind of like this childlike figure to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's carrying around, you know, the picture of MLK and Malcolm X, and and it almost seems hopeful, like. And then, but very easily influenced, right? At the end, he's in, mm-hmm. he's there with Bugging Out and Radio Raheem. So what, what do you think his function was in this film? Yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. Especially how he hangs the, the, 
Now he only hangs one of the pictures though, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's the um Malcolm Malcolm, 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 Malcolm X and MLK that he drew on too. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Okay, if you guys... Yeah, that's I am I yeah, I can't well, I can. Um but that's a good question. Like, what is his if he's representing anything, what is his function? Like, how does he hmm. That's a good question. Apparently, the, the, that get, that character wasn't in the original screenplay. The actor came up to him, came up to Spike Lee and asked, I don't know if he suggested the specific role, mm-hmm. um, but and, and it was put in during filming. So it's also, I don't know, not really part of the original plan. Again, I mean, this isn't a popular uh, um, outlook on things, but sometimes motherfuckers put shit in things just because they think it's cool. Or just because they think, ah, this is this an ad, and it becomes something, but they may not have had a real, like a real like idea on how this is going to actually, actually come off to people. But the genius in that is to recognize, see, it may mean something. I don't know. Let's put it in and have them carry these two, these two uh, pictures of these two great leaders, uh, you know, from different sides of the same coin. So, you know, that's a good question. I don't, I would love to ask Spike Lee, hey, does this character have an actual like underlying meaning when you first did it? Cause Spike may even now see it as something, you know, something different. All right, you hear that Spike? Mike Ross demands your presence on the podcast. We'll see right, you next baby. Time. Yeah, baby. Um, but do we want to get into, uh, you know, favorite quotes and like what the fuck moments? What the fuck? Go ahead. Go ahead. Darren, you got something? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let me look it up. I mean, as far as quotes go, I can kick us off, which is go when, on. uh, when, uh, what is his name? I can't, I just said his name 50 times. So I'm bugging out is. No, no. Well, it's, it is sweet that Willie says this, but he's <laughs> bugging out is trying to um, get them to join him in his boycott, and and sweet that Willie's like, what you need to do is boycott <sighs> that barber that fucked up your head. That's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, you gotta start with the goddamn barber that fucked up your head. I mean, I guess, I guess, what the fuck moment is is Sweet Dick Willie. That 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 name. Yeah, he was. Well, that is a what the fuck moment all, all to itself. To itself. Mm-hmm. Um, a what the fuck moment? It for me, it, it several of them in here, um, but one of them is the. I guess this isn't a, a fuck that moment in terms of you know being very. At one point, this happened, but the whole notion of Sal. You could have really just avoided this by putting up one fucking picture of a just black. one. Just put put Sammy Davis fucking Jr. up and see what happens. Dang. Like you Italians love Sammy Davis. Mm. Put him up and just be like, there you go. Like just he's part of the rat pack. Like yeah. just put him up put him and right be done. With Sinatra, you're good. You're good, man. Matter of fact, just put him up in a picture with Sinatra. Yeah. So you can. And we all good here, baby. Yeah, I mean that—that's a very simple solution. <laughs> God damn, Sam. Um, another one is, and you know they make light of this in the uh, in the film, but another one is 
Motherfucker, you wearing a Larry Bird jersey, but you're saying you're from Brooklyn and you're moving in a black neighborhood and you're a white guy. Like, how you did all you, fucked up? Like, you all fucked up. What are you doing? Talking about he's born in Brooklyn. Get the fuck out of here. So why the fuck you got on the Larry Bird jersey, my man? Well, remember that's a oh, that's a big conversation when you talk about the greatest yes. of all time and white folks always gotta bring up Larry. <laughs> Larry Bird. First of all, people need Larry's to stop. Larry's amazing. Larry's amazing. Larry's amazing. Absolutely. It's not a fucking yeah. competition. It's not a competition. Right. It's it's not. I'm sorry. Um, I also liked um, <laughs> this is this Radio Raheem bugging out and Smiley. I forgot who they're yelling at. They're like, "I'm gonna fuck you up," and bugging out goes two times, and then Smiley oh. goes three times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is funny. So there are some like light, funny parts of this film. It's oh, just yeah. that the heavy parts are just fucking very heavy. heavy. Yeah. Um, any other before we get to our final questions, quotes about the film? Yeah, just quotes? you know, I just have a you know, hey people, don't don't you know, unless you just know how to do this and you and the other person have you know, you've discussed this, leave the ice out of your sexual you know, <laughs> encounters, <laughs> leave it out, just leave it out. It, it usually doesn't work that well. Especially you, Spike. We'll talk about that when you come on the show. Um, I got one right. more quote. Let's, let's do it. Uh, Mookie, when he was like talking to Tina, he, Tina's like, Tina, you don't have a forehead. You got an eight head. Oh, He's like, God. you got one of those shot eight head foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she just laughing at it too. Shot eight fine uh, as well. Yeah, she is. There's that. Um, all right. You ready? I guess. Break it down. All right. So I, I just found a few other, a bunch of trivia actually. So all my questions are based on those. Um, let me just bulk this all into one question. People that were um, considered for roles in this film mm-hmm. are Robert De Niro as Sal, Lawrence Fishburne as Radio Raheem, mm-hmm. James Earl Jones as the mayor. Mm-hmm. What all that works? Think of... All that works for me. The only one I wouldn't want to see is James Earl. I mean, he could do it. He'd crush the shit out of it. But I'm like, I don't know. He just seems too regal for that role. But mm-hmm. um, but everybody else. Well, but yeah. but, but that's but the, to, again to me the mayor the mayor it was like I feel like that was the one that I was like James Earl Jones. I feel like could do it. They both have these like very oh, could definitely wholesome do like friendly looks. Um, the other two, I, I just, you know, De Niro's too big and Lawrence Fishburne, I just didn't have, I, I liked Bill Nunn in this role. I, I thought he really came mm-hmm. across. I don't think Fishburne could have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was my yeah, They worked for me. Now, Robert, you know, uh, De Niro, it's, it's going to be, it's just, it's going to be different. It's just going to be a different, like, it's going to be a totally different feel. Like you're. Because he feels that, ro- yeah, it, but we're looking at De Niro as De Niro is now. In 89, you know, De Niro was just getting, like, like his superstar. Like he was really just getting that super, superstar. So he was. This is post-taxi driver? He was, uh, his movies in 89 were Jackknife and We're No Angels. So What about before that, though? 
before that, yeah, that was um, Taxi Drivers before. Oh yeah, Taxi Drivers were way uh, ra- ra- Raging Bull. Raging I mean, he Bull. had some he had some bangers yeah. already. He was, but those movies were still. Yes, we see them as great films now, but they weren't these big, like, oh my God, Robert, you know, De Niro. It was like he's getting, he's on his way. Like they, this guy can fucking act. Uh, Godfather Part Two. Well, he was just about um, to do Angel Heart. But he didn't have a big role in Godfather Part Two. I mean, it was big. Once upon, but, a, once upon a time in America, he, he uh, the Untouchables. These were all before '89. You know what? You just I, said the Untouchables, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say he was already a star. Yeah, he was already. But I said he was on his way to superstar. Well, that's yeah. well, all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is for me, even then, I'm. I, for, it's to me, that's just my, you know, I'm just my opinion. You know, that's yeah. I say no. Yeah. Um, and then there was another thing that uh, the the title of the film comes from a Malcolm X quote: "You've got to do the right thing." Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for this one. Uh, the major says that to. Mookie in the film, mm-hmm. what is the right thing, right? Because he's he to me is like the more the the MLK character in this, but mm-hmm. the quote is a Malcolm X quote, and then Mookie throws the garbage. He starts all the destruction of Sal. So what is the right thing in this film? Do is there an even answer for that? I don't. Right thing would have been if Sal had fucking put a picture of <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. on the goddamn wall. Okay. That would have well, been there, right. there's, there's, there's our answer. Okay. That would have been the right fucking thing. Come on. I only asked because because that 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 quote was used with Mookie. It wasn't used with Sal. So you know, well, is there something Mookie was supposed to? Anyway, I'll go with your answer. Sam, uh, Sammy Davis got it. Um, <laughs> and I started throwing this question in there. It's a little difficult, but just think, think. Oh, no. Is there a song that's not in the soundtrack that you think? From that time period, obviously, maybe late '80s, that could have fit into the soundtrack. Ah, uh, well, I gotta go into my. I, I looked some any, stuff up. Anything <laughs> with like Tony, 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 or I don't know. Uh, um, who was who was who was big in the? You know, I, I have a list here. Let me let, 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 let me send you this list that I'm looking at right now, um, and I can tell you the ones like I was thinking. Oh. So I just messaged you guys the list. Um, those are like a bunch of songs from that from the '89 specifically, and I saw "Miss You Much" by Janet Jackson. Both of these are kind of um, tongue in cheek because like T- Tina Tina is complaining that Mookie's never around, so "Miss You Much" probably could have been fitting somewhere. But Ooh, it's a little too how about um, for this? How about "Back to Life" by Soul to Soul? Um, there's not a lot of dance stuff in this. There was at the beginning so of the know. movie. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it's, that's like that's that's rap though. That's a rap song that she's dancing to. It's not like house like dance music. Maybe like, they could have like, like, put, like put it at the end and have her dance dance the movie out too. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. What about bust the move? Is, bust the move. Yeah. Bust that the move. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, that I mean, you can't really replace the opening song, but it would fit for that whole dance scene as well. Or uh, how about uh, Roni, Bobby Brown? Oh yeah. Um, With the ice. I mean, With the ice. Good, I mean, and, and well, and also we have to think about their budget for the film. I don't know how much of this music they got, but like, 
this 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 song actually is a year after, but for Radio Raheem, Knock You Out, LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could they have gotten in me so horny? Ooh. <laughs> Mama, me so horny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so horny. Like, 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 oh, like, when, when, after, 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 oh. after, the, uh, after the ice cube scene when he leaves, it could have been. No, I, could have, it could have like played, played it uh, after the scene with the with the Korean family. I'm gonna say the Korean guy could oh, have a, a boombox playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there before we get canceled again. Um, all right, oh, there's some good answers in there. Some good answers. In there. All right, so okay. <laughs> Mike Ross, what is your favorite song of the film, and which which song do you think encompasses like the story? I think the the only song that that really matters in this film, you know, fight the power. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fight the yeah, power. It was, it was it was it was written for the film. That's oh. that's the only. And when you see the video, fight the power, the video, they're in Brooklyn. They just they fucking just took they took it over just like the movie. Yeah. Shit, I wonder if it was that was the closing fucking like day of the film. Like I would I am curious. I didn't look that up. But Fight the Power the video was that like did they just we're going to close out the the film like filming today and we're going to do this this video with uh, Public Enemy. Cuz it was a like they shut it down. Well, it's also I'm happy to announce included among the AFI's 2004 list of the top 100 of America's greatest music and movies. So there you go. I mean, so well with that, guys. I I have children I got to pick up. You know, they have doctor's appointments and shit. So so it's so before you leave, what, what do we got uh, out of ten? What do you give this? The the film? Oh, the film is a is a solid. I would say for me, eight eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't I don't know if I've ever. You know, because you saw it thinking, I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever given anything a 10 out of 10. Because I always mm. say, oh, I could have, you could have, could have did this one right here. Mm. But I eight and a half, yeah, I think that's like, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, Darren, what you got? I, I'm probably going to be right around there. Probably eight, eight and a half. I'd say nine, but, okay. but. A solid eight and a half. This is, you know, a classic. That I seen fucked us up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, um, well, I mean, first of all, I actually have uh, fight the power is definitely the message for the film. But I, I thought actually, oddly enough, that the reggae song "Can't Stand It" was the second. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, that there's, is. There's, actually, there's, yeah. there's lyrics in there talking about yeah. stop acting like a fool. It's the weather. Yeah. It talks about the summer. It talks about talks about yeah. ice <laughs> yeah. um, and there's a lot of relevant lyrics in there that i thought really um connected with the story um, so I, that's my answer but i give i give the film a nine i think I, the extra half point for me is just, it's the importance it's the importance of the film mm-hmm. and, and the culture and the conversations in, in the society the culture the diaspora son that we that we still need to be having so i gave it a nine straight up son straight up son <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, this was this was this was a good one. Thank you, Mike, again for oh my god for okay. joining us again. Um, this might this, this might be the last one. Um, oh, me so horny. Oh, Spike, you could have fucked him up with that one. Oh, you could have fucked him up with that one. Um, 
Well, if you've been listening, you know that Darren and I have a bunch of events coming up, networking shows, so we won't get into it again for Mike's sake. But Mike, thanks again for, for joining yeah. us. Uh, this is a really great Thank conversation. Thank you all for having me. This has been, this has been you know, a very good experience. I appreciate it. Um, coming on and discussing Do the Right Thing. Uh, one of the films that I would say in American folklore is quite needed and still relevant today. So I thank thought you. Thought you had to leave, bro. I have to go. Bye. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure you stay uh, stay up with us on the pod on Trackless Podcast Show. Until our next episode, I am Darren Jenkins. Now Chris Saunders. And this was.